Guess what, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again. Yes, you guessed correctly, it is time for another Hardly Millennial podcast where we are young, dumb, and full of... Opinions! Opinions! Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. So uh, today we have... That's Adam Hansen, I'm Matthew Lynn, you guys know the drill. BT dubs. Anyway, so today we're going to be getting into a bit of a... A heavier topic, I guess. I guess it just depends how we go about it. It could be a heavier topic. Is it heavy? It, it could be, I guess. I guess it just depends on you, the viewer. But today we're talking about drugs. Oh, all right. Today, drugs. Drugs, drugs, glorious drugs. But first, oh boy, I do want to touch on a couple things that just have happened recently in the news that I just, one of them I think is, well, both I actually think is kind of comical. Do they have to do with drugs or no? One of them, I think, kind of segues into drugs a little bit. Okay, let's do it. But the first one has nothing to do with nothing drugs. Nothing to do. Okay, yes. let's, get, let's, let's go with that one first. So a couple days ago, on uh, I believe it was, what day are we at right now? 23rd, 24th? This was on the 22nd. Yeah. Okay, and it was Steve Irwin's birthday. Oh, Steve the Crocodile Hunter. Yeah. So Google did this banner that was like a cart- little cartoon of Steve Irwin with like a monkey or something like that, just in honor of Steve Irwin's not, not birthday. Not a crocodile. Right? Not a crocodile, ironic. That's ironic. There might have been a crocodile in there somewhere. There had to but, but so they put up this banner, obviously, just in honor of Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter. And the it went, PETA went to Twitter and started just smearing the fuck out of Google for oh, no. honoring Steve Irwin. Oh, yeah. PETA doesn't they, like Steve Irwin. They do not like yeah, Steve I Irwin. And I don't know the I can't remember the words like verbatim, but I do know it was like, oh, how dare we glorify somebody like Steve Irwin who made a living off of, you know, hunting and abusing animals and just stupid <laughs> outlandish shit like that. He did put the word hunter in his mm-hmm. name. Dude, he I asked for it. It was so funny, dude, because people from all different sides of the fence, different races, different, like everybody oh, no. came together. It was like, fuck you, PETA. Oh, they went back against yeah. PETA. Nice. The, the continent of Australia, they have a Twitter page. And they literally <laughs> took to Twitter, responded to PETA's bullshit remarks and was like, uh, how fucking dare you? Steve Irwin is an Australian like icon. Yeah, that's their boy. Mm-hmm. That's they who had, they got. They had, there were people who took to Twitter too and was saying, "Well, I used to donate money to PETA, but I'm not going to do that anymore." Oh, like yeah. Post? <laughs> so, dude, that's like, a little silly. But I do think that um, I mean, if PETA didn't do stuff like that, what would they do? It's got to be kind of boring to be like a PETA executive. Yeah, I mean, to tell you the truth, I've never done too much research into PETA as an or- organization to really decide whether Nobody or not has, I like them. Yeah, None of us have. Because I know that they say outlander stuff that really piss people off and they've been known to do some stupid shit in the past. But then there's also the other people that are like, oh, PETA helps animals. And I'm sure they do to some extent. But I think all the outlandish shit they do and say just really and what does PETA people. stand for? PETA is... I don't uh, even fucking know. I've always, well, I guess I should. I've always heard it called um, people eating tasty animals. <laughs> Retweet us, uh, Peta. We want to. We want to hear how angry you are about that one. Oh, no, I'm sure. <laughs> well, interesting. Um, okay, so that's. So yeah, that's a recent development. Just, yeah, just a little tidbit for those out there who did know. I just thought it was funny. The other one is one that I didn't really. Like, I've been reading up about it for, like, the past week, but I never really 
felt the need to talk about it because it's nothing really opinionated about it. It's just something that's happening right now. Okay. But it's, uh, have you heard about this controversy with, I want to say his name's Jesse or Jossie Solmet? Jesse, Josie, Jossie Solmet? Something like that. Yeah, no idea what you're talking about, bro. So there's this popular TV show called Empire. Oh, that's okay. About, yeah, like, I know that. Okay, you know I that know one. Empire. Okay, so yeah. I guess I guess he's a he's one of the main characters on that show or a popular character on that show. Okay. And in real life, he's uh, he's gay and he's also a black man, right? Okay. So he filed a police report a couple weeks ago saying that he was basically jumped in his home in Chicago or some like apartment attacked. in Chicago. Yeah, like attacked. <gasps> but he said that while he was attacked, the perpetrators were yelling like racial slurs at him or saying That's very rude. or saying something like oh america you know stuff like that to him and so when he reported this to the police and obviously took to the internet to report what happened to him and let people know people were obviously coming out and being like see this is trump's america this is what you oh know, my yeah this is this is the kind of crap in america that needs to stop people need to open their eyes so there's a lot of that right there's a lot well, of does that. he not live in like a nice neighborhood I mean, I don't know. He's, on, he's a TV star. You think he's a millionaire? Yeah, I'm not sure what the circumstances were, but obviously you can already see it's a kind of a fishy story, right? Yeah, like I'm sure there's security or something. So all of this outrage and there was this outcry about, you know, how racist America still is because of this. And then it was found out through lack of evidence and just that a fishy story that he actually staged this attack. Oh, yeah. look at that. The attack was all a hoax. Now, I didn't read into Ooh, details as into like how far staged it was. I don't know if he actually like had like if he actually was beat up and like just made or paid somebody to beat him up or if it was like a means of just coming up because I think there were pictures I don't know how of him. serious he was about the role. I don't well, know. I don't well, I think there were pictures of him like the hospital with like bruises and stuff. Oh. So, that's why I don't know if he like had somebody do it. But well, regardless, kudos. if that's yeah. the case, he really went the extra mile for yeah. that one. But regardless, it was it was proven to be a hoax. And dude, it's interesting because now we have people from both sides of the fence basically be like, ooh, Jesse, naughty, naughty. Ooh, like, how you dare you? Wolf. Yeah, you cried like, wolf. Exactly. So now what's going to happen? Now no one's going to believe it. Now nobody's going to oh, believe it because now naughty. they know there's people like that who will do shit like that just to push a fucking narrative. It's disgusting. Or get a bunch of views. Mm-hmm. Or get a bunch of views. Get a lot of views, man. But now he's, uh, and now he's coming out and saying he has like and this is the segue, an untreated drug problem. So now I think he's trying to blame his th- this whole thing, him getting to the point of creating a hoax and creating this whole controversy on as it, well. I have a drug problem. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel like that gives you any credibility. No, it, it doesn't. That doesn't help your case at all. When somebody's desperate, I guess they're going to pull anything out of their ass, aren't they? I guess, but... I just don't see how that helps you much. No, it's just making people hate him more, dude. The, the guy uh, went, it was funny too, because nobody knew his name. Everybody knew he was just the guy from Empire, those who did know who he was. Sure. And now everybody knows his name, but it's not because of his role in Empire. Well, at least his uh, ploy worked. Uh, yeah, it did. It it did work. We'll see what happens when we get that. Because I think he got sentenced, uh, like filing a fake police report in Chicago, I think is a felony charge. 
Oh. Yeah, in the state of Illinois, I think it's a felony charge, so I think he's going to jail for quite some time over all of this. Oh, no. Yeah. So I hope he got a lot of viewers. So, yeah, yeah. I hope he's very popular. I hope it was you know. worth it. He'll come, he'll come out and be like, introduce Jesse Small in the new CBS show. So do you know... By chance, when he says he has a drug problem, does that mean, like, he's a drug addict? Or he was on prescription drugs, and now, like, he's stuck on them? Well, I'll be honest. I saw it as a headline. I didn't actually get a chance to read the article yet. It was just something that he was, like, quoted saying. That There's a lot of different Mm drug-related problems you can have. True. He did use just the term drug problem, though, and I feel like that usually means that, or at least the way that person means it, is usually, like, addiction. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I would think. Yeah, absolutely. And I would assume, do that he's a holiday. Hollywood star, it's probably opiates, because isn't that what all the the famous people are doing these days, or opiates? I think it's just what all the people, it period, are doing these days. Yeah, there's like an opiate crisis it's going pretty on cr- right I don't know now. a lot about that specifically, um, but you hear about it all the time. Well, I think I think where it all started was just, and it's stuff that we we all know too, you and I and Justin have talked about it, but just how much like opiates and these pills are being prescribed, but we know that doctors are offered stipends right. to, subs- to prescribe them so that people don't actually need them. We kind of touched on this with the health and diet podcast too, where is where people should be saying, oh, you just need more diet and exercise. We're getting to this point where it's like, hey, take you know three of these pills every day. What's well, how they make the money, right? Right. You have to make money. Exactly. But they're getting everybody a, you know hooked on opiates. It's kind of hard when you try to cross two things like that, where it's like helping people, but we're mm-hmm. also making money. It kind of takes the the oomph out of the helping people part. Right. Well, yeah. And it's, it's so unfortunate because I do believe, like, I believe that if you can create something, you know, with everything we've been given in this universe, there's a use for it. It's something you can use for a tool. What about cyanide? It's like... I think there's use. I don't know personally. Gas. Yeah. I think that there's some cases of just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Well, I think in the cases of something like, uh, so like for let, let's go extreme even. Let's talk about like nuclear bombs, right? Okay. So, so <laughs> it's pretty extreme. It is extreme, but the <laughs> but the point being is. We as humans, or we are able to create this nuclear bomb, right? We shouldn't probably be using it, but there is a purpose to being able to split an atom on a unit. Well, you can have nuclear on, energy. Right, right. exactly. Yeah, so if you can take those things and apply them to something else. So in the in the case of like mustard gas, things like that, I would argue that there is a more humane use for it that we just haven't looked into because we only use it for <laughs> these negative ways. I guess that would be a study for... Um... For another time mm-hmm. that'd well, be interesting well i mean we see that with marijuana <laughs> you know at one point it was just looked at as just another drug to get you high and now we live in this age where everybody's coming oh, out and medicine, actually right? doing the studies on the medicine aspect. that's an interesting one what do you think about that do you think marijuana is medicine i do but i think it's going to i think it has to be applied in the correct way and i think due to it's 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 a slippery slope because it's also gonna become this thing where uh it's it's marketed to, you know, get high recreationally more so than the medical stuff. So we've read a little bit about this before where like, yeah. because you have more medical dispensaries coming up, they're doing things where like they're bringing down the CBD levels in the weed, which is actually what helps with the anxiety and the mental disorders. And they're raising the THC, which actually enhances those problems. Right. But the THC is what gets you high. So you, so they want to put more of that into it and lower the CBD to enhance the high. 
So, Absolutely. And I think in a weird way, if we're not careful, we can get stuck in this this loop where it's people are smoking way too much THC, getting the the disorders from the high THC levels, and then having to take the C, high CBD levels to get back, and then it's just this constant circle. I mean, that would work great for the companies, right? They'd be able to market two different products well, I mean, sell that's, twice as much. Well, I mean, hell, that's what happens with the pharmaceutical companies right now. I, I can't tell you how many times I see these commercials for they're like, is your current pill doing this to you? Well, take this new pill to counteract <laughs> the side effects you're getting from this pill. See, I think marijuana specifically, mm-hmm. it kind of hurts my soul to say this, but I don't think it's medicine. No, I don't think it's medicine, bro. And people, if if it is medicine, mm-hmm. sometimes people aren't using it medically. But I mean, it's, but there, it's not. But there are medical purposes that we've, I mean, studied with it, to where if they're they're applied by you know reasonable phys, uh, physicians, that they do have medical benefits. I mean, we've we've seen the videos where somebody has uh, Parkinson's and then they smoke some weed and it makes their you know jitters go away. Okay. So I mean, in those cases, yeah. you can't say it's yeah. not medicine. But you are correct. It's, in the, I, I don't know. It's being abused, dude. Well, it's, it is. That's it's definitely. Um, it's how do I put it? So even if it is medicine, mm-hmm. um, it's not being delivered to the public in a very medical way. No, that is correct. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. Which to me is perfectly fine. I don't think you should be able to tell mm-hmm. um, an adult what they can put in their body. I, I'm, I guess I'm a little bit of an extreme case. Like I, I would say even if someone wants to do heroin in their mm-hmm. own living room of their house, they should be allowed to do that. Right. I don't think you should be able to tell people what they can consume. Um, but I also think that you know, call call it what it is. If it's yes, if it's a recreational thing, then let's make it recreational and mm-hmm. advertise it as such. Well, I'm fine with that. I just yeah. don't don't pervert it with the name medicine and. I agree. Not deliver it that way. Well, and it creates this issue. I mean, there's that old saying that says, if you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, you'll live the rest of its life thinking it's stupid, right? I swear so, I swear to you, Adam, I have never heard that in my life, but I love it. Have you really never I heard that? I swear I've never heard that in my entire life. Oh, shit. I thought that was like, <laughs> I think that's a famous quote by Einstein. Never heard but... it. It was great, though. It was fantastic. But so there's that saying. <laughs> And I, and I think that applies to just, you know, if you tell somebody something enough or if you tell yourself something enough that you'll end up believing it's true, right? So Oh, for sure. I totally believe right. that. Right. Yes. So unfortunately, because in order to make something like weed, a, you know, legal in a recreational sense like cigarette or alcohol is, we've had to go through this back door of making it medical. Well... The only way to get weed at that point is to have a medical card. So you have a bunch of people who don't have any issues at all, but have almost without even realizing it brainwashed themselves into thinking they do need it. So Well, they at least have to make everyone else think that they need it. Right. Right. And if they're doing that. You don't have that, to justify it to yourself. You have to justify it to everyone around you. But I think it's one of those trying to believe your own lie. You know, everybody starts doing that. And I feel like, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I hear it with uh, friends all the time, you know, oh, I need it because it, it does this for me or it does this for me. And these aren't reasons of I, I have Parkinson's. It see, makes I think me feel that's better. wrong, though. I don't think people should even have to justify it to begin with. I agree. I think if they just want to do it, they should just be allowed to do it. I agree. I mean, why is America the land of the free, the land of the Mm -hmm. for all about our freedom, right? We love that shit. But 
not when it comes to consumption of chemicals. Mm -hmm. You cannot do that freely. I think all drugs should be legal, honestly. I do. Don't you think... So if you want to get... If you want to get rid of all of the criminals that have to do with drugs uh-huh. instantly, right? the way to do that is to not is to make drugs not illegal anymore, mm-hmm. right? And then now everyone is just a user of drugs. They're not a criminal right. of drugs. So instantly, that would fix the problem. Yes. That's what happened with Not the issue. There would still be an underlying issue going on of drug use. Right. But it would instantly fix the problem of the legality. Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> unfortunately, something like that won't happen until we need to stop demonizing drug users is the problem. We've already deemed as anybody who's yeah. addicted to any kind of drug is trash as a criminal. And it's like they're not it's like they're doing things because of their addiction. I'm sorry, addiction is a is a disease. It's a self-induced disease, but once you have it, you have it hard. And I think it's getting harder to ignore that nowadays yeah. because you're starting to see like with this opioid crisis and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see the drug use come into middle America, yes. to the average Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily with income, middle income, but just everyday average people like you and me and everyone's listening to this podcast right now. It's yeah. starting to affect those lives. Mm-hmm. So it's easy when someone has gotten to a real low in their life and they're real raggedy clothed and long hair and... You can just tell they've been out and about, and they're they're rough. Oh yeah, it's easier to cast that person away. But mm-hmm. when there's, like the movie we watched this morning, when there's an older lady who um, has feels that she has weight issues right. and goes to the doctor and gets some medicine to help her lose weight, and then finds herself addicted to opioids. Right. Um. It. It's a whole different story when it affects that kind of life. Exactly. What, what was that movie we were watching? Today? Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream. Great guys. movie, guys. The first time I ever saw it. Uh, Darren Aronofsky. Uh, if you haven't seen it and you're old enough, uh, you, should, <laughs> you should go watch that. That's really it's intense. It's a very it's a very good independent flick. It puts side by side the the typical story of a strung out heroin teen. Yes. Okay, that typical story that we all know, and it puts a new flavor on it of his mother also falling into her own uh, drug and psychological issues. Right. Um, and kind of not alongside each other, but they mesh the two stories together. Yeah. It's well, very interesting. And what I really appreciate about that movie, too, is obviously, you know, you watch it, it's about heroin. It's you definitely know? about heroin. But they also... They also play part in talking about different fixes, too. So, like, the mother had the fix of TV. She was addicted to television. Right. And uh, there was another example, too, in there that I can't remember. But they, they played food. on... Oh, food. That Yeah, the food that was the one. So they play on these different addictions. And just as you said, I think that's why these days you can't ignore addiction because there's so many things now to be addicted to. It's hard to ignore. But what I think was really ironic about the movie and the point that they were really trying to hammer home right. is that these two entities, the older established mother who was already in her 60s and lived life, and this younger person who was coming up and fell on the wrong path, 
they both were addicted to the same drug, just mm-hmm. in different forms. Yes. The mother got it prescribed. It's still opioids. It's yes. Heroin is opioids. If anything, it's worse because it's the pure shit. Exactly. So they were literally addicted. They were both heroin addicts, mm-hmm. but they were just different forms of them. Yeah. And how they both spiraled into the same. I mean, and, and that movie was really extreme, but yeah. In, well, in I mean, all maybe, cases, you end up at a pretty low. I was going to say, maybe not even so extreme. I mean, we know there are cases all the time where there are people who sleep with others to get drugs and like really demean themselves, rob their families so oh, that dude, they can get cra- money. I believe it can happen to anybody, too. Yes. I think anyone can get to that point, man. It's not like, you're oh, you're born to be an addict. Right. No, we're all addicts. But I think some people just have more self-control than others. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... Just as you said, this it goes back to the self-control thing. I think uh, Sweden did this thing where they legalized all drugs, and they were too having a big heroin issue. Interesting. And what they ended up doing, instead of demonizing these drug users and people, they literally gave people the drug for free. They gave people the drug for free. They, so now, they, did they give it to – like, how did they – did so, you have to go to, like, a, a – yeah, like a, a hospital and get it. and Okay, yes. so there were like doctors administering it to the patients. Right, so they had these specific clinics where doctors would administer. I believe you could go twice a day. Doctors no would administer. They wouldn't do it for you, but they would give you enough to where it's not going to kill you, but give you the high. And then they would uh, give you a clean needle and alcohol to rub your So everything skin. was clean. Everything. So and if everything you're going, was done in a controlled environment. If you're going to do heroin, that was the optimum way. The healthiest yes. way to be a heroin addict. Yes. And after them doing this for, I think... I want to say they were they've been doing this for close to a decade, but I, I, it might be less time than that. But multiple years, but, yeah, multiple many, many years. years. They, after doing this for multiple years, they started to see a dramatic decline in heroin users because, it, and this goes with anything, they weren't being demonized. They were saying, "Hey, come in when you we're going to give it to you because we know you need it, but when you need the help." when you're ready to start to try to get off it. Because anybody who's addicted to something like that, I mean, you and I see it just with cigarettes. You don't want to be no, addicted to it. The second that you get your fix, it, you, the first thing you think is, ah. Oh. And then the second thing you think is, I don't want to do this anymore. Yes. That's literally like the close second That's thought that right every user nose. has. Right on the nose. Yeah. yeah. And so, but now when you've gotten to this point where you're not demonizing it and you're telling people we're willing to help you, it, it's easier for these people to get off it. And we've, I've read things and I've seen TED Talks before where people argue that, um, so they talk about people who go into these, get like hurt or they get into big accidents and they're driven to the hospital. And then what happens? If they're in the hospital for two weeks recuperating from severe so injuries. So they have to have their arm cut off or something. Yeah. They're getting morphine every two they're hours, morphine, right? Which is, which is heroin. The morphine purest, is literally heroin. The purest form. And I think there's actually a... So do they... Do they? Oh, sorry, I cut you off. Oh, I was just going to say that I think there's actually a drug that's even more potent than morphine now. It starts with a D, but that they'll give people too for an extreme amount of time. And people Demerol. don't, maybe, it might be something that. Like that. Demerol, anyway. something like that. But they'll find that when these people are on this drug of all ages for two weeks while they're recuperating, why aren't they leaving the hospital and all of a sudden heroin oh, addicts? Th- that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. So if I get my arm chopped off and I'm in the hospital mm-hmm. for two weeks on heroin and then right. I gotta spend another two weeks in physical therapy or whatever and I'm on Percocet now like how come 
They don't. They don't leave the hospital addicted. No. Well, and the now don't get me wrong. Some of them do. The, a very small percentage of them do, though. But not. But all your of average them. person where this happens to. That's weird. They don't leave addicted to it. But yet, if you put someone in their bedroom or in a club for mm-hmm. two weeks with heroin, they're going to be totally addicted to it, right? That's. It doesn't take that long to get addicted. Yeah, to I mean, I would even argue then possibly not, because what they argue that addiction is is actually is you trying to fill a void in your life. And usually oh. what this void is, is it's a lack of social interaction. Maybe it's a lack of romance. Maybe it's a, whatever it's a lack of, it's your body trying to fulfill that. So when you're, so when you're having these unknowing withdrawals from life, you know, your body doesn't know what to do. So the only thing you can think of to do is, oh, let's get high. Let's get feeling good again. That's it's like, easy. It's a time filler. Yeah. yeah it brings you back. In- interesting. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that's why they say the best way to to beat an addiction is to just replace it with a healthier addiction? Yes. Like, don't try to fight it. Just to stay addicted. Yeah. Get addicted to like juicing, or yeah, exactly. like literally making juice out of like vegetables and stuff, or get addicted to working out, or yeah, when exactly because you're you're filling a void, and usually your body wants the healthy stuff. So when you fill it with those healthy substitutes like working out or being more social or going out, whatever it is, you're less likely to have these issues. I mean, I think you and I, if we can think of certain times, we can think of times where that happened with cigarettes, where if we're just sitting around on the couch watching TV all day, we're more likely to go outside more often to have a cigarette to break up the monotony. But if, yes. we, but if we plan out the day and we're like, hey, we're going to have a busy day, we're going to do this, this, and this, and this, and this, those are the days that we smoke the mo- or the less. Right. We smoke the least. There we go. Well, I know, <laughs> I mean, we've all been in high school, and mm-hmm. I know that I, I dabbled and had some fun in high school with right. different things and groups. And I mean, I came out of it not not an addict to any of those mm-hmm. things exactly so so i think it always i mean it's, it's it for sure just depends on the person that. but yeah I, I think the people who get lost into those uh patterns the most are people who are missing something in their life and sometimes it might not be drugs that they fill it out. sometimes it could be filling it with social media or uh food food is another big, big one, one. So, I mean, there, there's sex. ways to fill it all the... People get addicted to sex. Oh, yeah, that's true. That mm-hmm. is true. It's true. So there are ways to fill those voids and things that aren't drugs, but they're still not bad for you. Any, 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 too much of anything is bad for you, you know? Too much of anything is bad for you. That's what they always say. So they're it's... Like, oh, you could drink too much water and it would be bad for you. Right. That's so true. then you have to ask yourself, well, if we have this opioid crisis going on right now in America, is the reason why maybe the numbers are, you know, going up in an alarming rate now is just because that with the disconnection that technology has caused some of pe- people in our generation that they're just getting their dopamine fixes now from these prescription pills. I s- yeah, I think people trust the doctor way too much. Yeah, big so time. We were trained to just do whatever the doctor says, man. Well, and it's it's am- called the medical practice yes. for a reason. Okay, they're just practicing. Yes. They ain't gonna practice on me. And it's it's so sad too because I talked to so many people my age and younger who are on these opioids of or antidepressants or anti anxiety medication like like opioids and they're and they're saying like oh I'm depressed I'm this I'm that and they're they're given all of these pills for it. Did I ever tell you about the band of positivity? 
I remember that stage of your life. Yeah. So I'll tell I'll tell the viewers this story. Yeah. Because um, I don't think I've ever talked about this on podcast. Yeah, please do. It's a good one. So I used to have, as many uh, millennials do, I used to have a lot of problems with anxiety. Right. <coughs> so um, it got to a point where I actually had to go to the hospital a couple times for anxiety, panic attacks. Oh wow. Um, and I ended up finding myself on a medication, um, a very low dosage of an antidepressant. Mm -hmm. Um, so it helped. It was great. I didn't have any more anxiety attacks, whatever. I just took a little pill before bed, helped me sleep. It was great. So I did that for like a year, right? It was no big deal. I didn't really have any bad side effects or anything. And then one day, um, I decided to try a new technique not to get off of medicine or anything, okay? I, I never associated the medicine and th this technique together. But I just wanted to be a little more positive in my life. Right. So I remembered an old friend telling me that they used to wear a rubber band on their wrist. And every time that they said something negative out loud and they caught themselves, they would snap the rubber band and mm -hmm. switch it to the other wrist. So you make your, your hands do something and then they would replace whatever they said with something positive. So an example would be, uh, Adam's hair looks like shit today, mm -hmm. right? I would snap the rubber band and put it to my other side. I'd say, but you know, he just woke up and I'm sure once he gets it all, all ready to go, he's gonna be a handsome devil and everyone's gonna love him. Right. Okay, that's a perfect example. Mm -hmm. So you do the hand eye thing. Um, after about a week, 10 days, of doing this, um, a I no longer had to wear the rubber band anymore. My brain was just would just automatically switch things to being positive, and I decided to not take my medicine mm -hmm. and just try it. Right, I was like, "Fuck it, maybe I don't need it." And um, I haven't been on my medicine for uh, six, seven months now. That's really awesome. I haven't man. been on it yet, and I don't even wear the rubber band anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't even like really super hard practice the positivity thing every day. But you know, it's always it, there if you need to go back to it too. Well, it kind of just became incorporated in my life. You know, you, you literally change the way your brain thinks. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have to take the medicine anymore, man. It's really cool. Yeah, that's really awesome, dude. And, that, and that's a really cool story to tell because I think too many times the reason why people who are depressed or have anxiety or, or whatever it, whatever the mental state of mind is that you're in, the reason why they're having these issues in the first place is because of a lack of doing those types of things, forcing themselves to think positive, forcing themselves to go out there and talk to people. Immediately they go, I'm depressed. And oh, they're yeah. like, okay, well, I have to be on pills to make me happy because everybody wants the easy way out. Oh, trust me, Adam. Over the few weeks that I wore a rubber band on my wrist mm -hmm. and was changing it from hand to hand all day long. Right. I did this at work. I did this at school. I did this everywhere. Right. Um, I got lots of people and comments who were like, you're, you're a fucking idiot. What are right. you doing? Like, well, I remember Justin and I were say, one of them. Yeah. Um, I, and as, as I would start to get into it more a few days into it, and I was telling people about the success, then it becomes, well, we can't ignore that it's helping you, mm -hmm. but it just won't help me. I'm just, yes. I'm just a different case. Uh, you just don't understand Matthew. Just like diets. Okay. <laughs> it's, I'm just different and that won't help me. Right. Um, and I mean, I get where they're coming from. They're right. A rubber band, the, the rubber band is not what fixed me. Right. It's the mindset. It's the mindset that will fix you. Well, I know that there was a day that I came home 
and I think you were at work and Justin was home already and he was having kind of a neurotic day, right? He was getting yeah. really into cleaning. He was everywhere. He was getting himself flustered. He was stressing out about, pet, you know, just stuff he was making up in his head. And I remember I walked into the kitchen after coming home. And the first thing he said was he looked at me and he had one of my hair bands on his wrist. <laughs> and he looked up at me and he goes, Adam this works it works and i was like it does and he goes yes he goes i was having such a bad day he goes he looked at it like a last resort right so he was having a oh, bad sure. day he didn't know what else to do to make himself happy so he found one of the fucking hair ties put it around his fucking wrist and he goes and it really did make me feel better dude instantly within about mm -hmm. three or four times of practicing it uh which happens very quickly it's amazing right. how many negative things so the the stipulation is you can think whatever you want Right. So that voice in your head, that's your get out of jail free card. Mm -hmm. You can have whatever thought because it doesn't affect anyone else. Right. But you can't practice negativity out loud. That's that's the thing. And it's amazing how many times a day we do it out loud. Don't you think, though, that it's important to practice it even inside your head, though, too? Because I would argue that the whole point of it is to try to change a general mindset of the way that you think about things. So by saying it out loud, but still thinking the negative, the negative things, isn't that counterproductive? Oh, no, no, no. Because you, ha I, I see what you're asking now. Mm -hmm. I see what you're asking. Um, no, it's not counterproductive because you have to have some kind of outlet. You have to be able to let steam off. Gotcha. Um, all of us have those thoughts. Our brain is programmed biologically to... Mm -hmm. Uh, focus on negatives right and it's it's a survival thing it's so we don't do those negative things again right right you don't have to focus on positives because they worked it was, it's great we can move on from that right um, but you have to have some kind of outlet or what I found will start to happen particular with me is you'll have outbursts mm -hmm. um, you can control it and control it or other word for that is bottle it up bottle right. it up and then eventually you're gonna let it all out in a very concentrated burst right uh, usually on someone who doesn't deserve it, and then you feel even worse, and it just perpetuates the cycle. I see. Um, so it is it it is totally healthy. You need to have some kind of outlet to um, to practice being negative. Okay, I could see that. It's trying. It's like trying to deny who we are biologically. You can't right. do that. No, I I feel ya. I it's it's interesting because it's it's the same reason why I always hate it when I hear people who will like do something in something that maybe as a general consensus isn't like you know a positive thing to do not very socially acceptable yeah not very yeah. socially acceptable and you kind of get this excuse of like well I don't know what to tell you that's just who I am that's just like that's uh -huh. who this person is that holds that holds some amount of weight and it can but at the same time though it's I, I feel like it's a lot of people not even making an effort to change because I could say that I'm somebody right. who gets angry a lot and sorry, that's just who I am, but that's not good enough. I should be making more of an effort to not be like that. Yeah, I don't think that there's people who feel emotions that other mm -hmm. people don't feel. We all feel the same things inside. We all get angry. Right. We all want to strangle our boss when they're being an asshole. Right. But 
only 1% of 1% of a small amount of people actually murder their boss. Right. Right? And you sure. get punished when you do that because the rest of us have self-control. Right. You just, you don't act on those impulses. Well, and, and that's my point is people who say I, they can't change. It's like, well, you can train yourself. You can train your mind to do things. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about it before just in regards to wording things differently can almost trick your mind. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you get... So right now what happens is everybody will feel anxiety about something, right? So let's say that you have somebody who's an introvert and they're invited to go out somewhere and they have to go out and they're getting a bunch of anxiety and they're getting flustered because they have to go out and be around people. Well, there are two ways you can look at that. You can look at it as I feel nervous, I have anxiety, or you can look at it and word it to yourself as I'm excited to go out. That's why I feel oh, this way. There's a fine line, isn't there? There is a fine it's a line. fine line. I mean, think about when you were younger before, you know, or even older, but like just being uh, before you go out to do something that you actually do really want to do. But maybe you have a lot of people watching you, whatever it is, but you'll start to feel, you know, excited. You get the butterflies, or, yeah. or same thing before you go on a vacation you're really excited for. You get the butterflies, you get anxious, yeah. you know, you get flustered. Yeah. So it's the same thing. But we like that. We exactly. don't like when something bad can happen right? or when we've never done it before. But if you start telling yourself like, oh, I'm not nervous. I don't have high anxiety because of this. I'm just really excited. And it can really That's change your mindset even in the moment. Um, it's, it's all in your head, dude. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you were telling that story, it made me think of I have a little trick that I do um, when I feel pain, like mm-hmm. physical pain. So like let's say – you got a real bad Charlie horse in your shoulder, okay, which is a ridiculous example. Right. But let's just pretend you got a bad Charlie horse in your shoulder, okay, and it just won't go away. So to deal with that, I don't even know where I learned this or if I developed it on my own as a kid or something. So I imagine there's little tiny people inside like my arm mm-hmm. with little picks and wheelbarrows, and they go to wherever the pain is, and they mine the pain, and they <laughs> fill it up, in their, and they take it away. Right. Okay? And for whatever reason, like... That has always helped me. Um, I know one time I broke my foot when uh-huh. I was a kid. And I broke it enough to where it hurt like a son of a bitch. Right. But it wasn't bad enough to where the doctor would see me right away. Like at the hospital. Gotcha. Like I had to wait the nine hours oh, for the broken horrible. foot. You yeah. know, that kind of deal. Right. Um, and I remember doing that. And like the whole time in the waiting room just doing that. And it made time pass faster. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it makes you hurt less. It's that... It's a coping mechanism. You know, it gives you something else to focus on. Well, which is kind of along what you were talking about, where it's it's all in your head. Yeah, it, it really comes down to mind over matter, and to kind of segue that back into the the drug conversation, I think that's why, in a lot of ways, that because I mean, we all know people who you know drink or smoke weed or you know cigarettes or yes. even other drugs too, and so and I. I think that's where the issue comes into where, unfortunately, when you're on these kind of drugs all the time, I think that's where mind over matter goes out the window because now what's controlling your mind is whatever drug it is. And I mean, you can talk about extreme cases like meth or heroin, but this happens even with cigarettes. 
like me even as a cigarette addict, something that does cloud up my mind often is when can I have the next cigarette? Okay, I'm going to do this True. thing first and then there'll be enough time between cigarettes to go have my other one. Yes. I'll, I'll have a cigarette it's before It's always then. in the background. It's always in the background. So when you have something like that constantly clouding up your mind, it makes it harder for you to to really have the space that you need to think logically about things. See, but okay. So I'm going to relate this to food real quick. And it's interesting to me because you need food to live. You need food to survive or water. You need water to survive, but I don't spend my entire day thinking about when's the next time I'm going to eat. Right. When's the next time I'm going to drink because I know that at any second of the day, as soon as that comes up, I can fix that by eating or drinking it's always available right i know no one's going to get mad at me for doing it there's always food in the kitchen because i'm blessed and have a great life and that i'm afforded that luxury right um so and i think that there are some people who are really addicted to food but for the most part we all don't obsess over it because we know we can have it anytime we want whereas even with something like a cigarette which uh-huh. is more socially acceptable. You can't do it in the house. Right. You, can't, you have to go to a specific designated area to do that thing to give your body the chemical that it wants. True. So because there's extra steps involved, your brain gets neurotic about that. Your brain obsesses over it. Mm-hmm. Now, even worse with something that's not socially acceptable, so like heroin, you know there's a very, very small window of places and times that I can do this and get away with it. Right. But I know I need to do this all day long to stay okay, to feel okay. Right. So your brain's going to really obsess over that. And I think yes. that's why we're all addicts. We all get addicted to things, mm-hmm. but some things are considered more addictive than others. I don't think that's the substance. I think that's the social um, circle around it. Does that make sense? Kind of. It's how society views it. Because we view it so poorly and and we alienate people for doing it, they become more obsessed with it. Rejection breeds obsession. I mean, yes, I get what you're saying, but I would argue that it would be like that either way, depending how you looked at it. So, for example, let's go back to like what's happening in Sweden, where they're giving people heroin, right? Right. And they're not criminalizing people who do heroin or you know right. are partaking. Well, you could argue that that maybe there's not so much many steps anymore now involved because now it's not a financial issue. It's you know exactly right. where to you go to go get, get it. Daily thing. But what's still clouding up your mind is, oh, I can't believe I'm, I'm going to go do this again. I need to stop this. I need to but what stop. you also don't see is why isn't everyone in Sweden doing heroin now? How come the people who were not doing it before, now they made it easier? Right. How come those people don't choose to go do it now? You'd think at least some of them would start to do it. Well, I think that goes into a whole different topic entirely, and that goes to like uh, – 
just with the difference of when you have something legal as compared to illegal. When you have something that's illegal that you're able to sell in the streets, you know, and the, you can even reference prohibition for this, you have the issue of now you have criminals who are trying to make the most exactly. bang for their buck. Well, so rejection breeds obsession. Right. When so you take something away from people, they become obsessed about it. Exactly. So then they're I trying to agree. So then they're trying to push those items. But I don't know. As, as There's far no as, one who's obsessed over bottles of water. No, there there may true. be a very few people, few cases, who have a mental illness, and because of that, they loved water. But for right. the most part, there's no water rehab. There's, no. It, it doesn't exist. There's no water rehab, but I do believe that, I mean, you use the example of food. And, yeah, there might be maybe less steps to, you know, getting food. But I would argue with food, it's not so much being addicted to food. It's being addicted to the junk food, right? You don't really get addicted to healthy food. You get addicted but to the junk exactly. food. Exactly. The responsibility starts to fall on the user, right. not the substance. So when the right. substance is illegal, it's, it's the heroine's fault that people are becoming addicts. It's the heroine's fault because... If, if there was no heroin, there wouldn't be any addicts. Oh, I'm not... But once everyone is allowed to have heroin at right. any time that they want, now it's... Heroin's just a, a tool. It's just a substance. It's right. the... The blame lies on you if you choose to use that. Right. Because we could all use it, but we all choose not to, and you chose to do it. Right. So now you're being judged for that. But I'm not saying I'm not saying to put the blame on the substance, not the user. I, I actually very much agree with you. I think it's all on the user. But what I'm saying is in regards to how like what we were talking about, like how mind over matter and how you can control and rewire your brain just through that process. Right. When you are addicted to something, which it's your faults at the end of the day that you're addicted to it those are the things that are clouding up your mind and you're not being able to use those mind over matter things so people when they're on these drugs or when they're they're addicted to something like that their first mode of thought is go get something else go get a pill now go smoke some right, weed right. instead of oh i need to go do this stuff or i need to retrain my mind because you're there's no room in your head for that at that point you're just either focusing on getting whatever it else is you're addicted to or getting off whatever it is you're addicted to either way it's always clouding up your mind Correct. I think we're saying very similar things. Yeah, maybe just in different ways. I think, I think we are. But I think it's just the argument. Because regards... I'm basically saying that criminalizing it makes it worse. Yeah. It's, and I think that's what you're saying also. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. But at the But also not criminalizing it I don't think is – I mean I, I do think it should be – it should not be criminalized. But – like weed, for example, you know, you, you wouldn't ever tell somebody it's okay to be drunk all day, right? You know, but we do live in a society where it's uh, said that it's really okay to be high all day. But given the things that I've just said, is that really something that's okay to push? Should you tell people it's okay to just be high all day? I think that there's, so, I mean, let's reflect on that for a second. Why okay. is it not okay to be drunk all day? Let's assume, let's just mm -hmm. make some boundaries for this. Let's assume this person is well enough off financially that they don't have to work. Okay. Okay. Um, they can they can afford to stay in their house. They have enough food to feed themselves for two weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, and they have enough alcohol to keep themselves going for two weeks. Okay. What, why is it wrong for that person to stay in their home for two weeks and just be drunk consistently? 
it's not wrong, but we're also not telling people to do that. We're not we're not saying as a society that it is okay to do that. But where does the faux pas come from? It's that mm-hmm. it's unhealthy, right? That's right. an unhealthy way to live your life. Right. It's, so that person doesn't gain the same amount of respect from society as mm-hmm. a weightlifter does, someone who is enhancing their health. Right. Um, so I think that that's kind of where the social stigma comes from. I think a lot of people, most people nowadays, would tell you you should be allowed to do drugs, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't do drugs. Does that make sense? Right. You should be allowed to, but you should choose not to. Well, I'm so I agree with you, but my argument is that is being said about dr- if we're talking about decriminalizing drugs, that is what's being said. Right. I just don't think that's what's being said about marijuana, and I think it should. That's the argument oh, I'm making. That we, what do you for some being reason, said about marijuana specifically. Well, I don't. I think so. Just as you said, there are a lot. If you're arguing against the decriminalization of drugs, you said that everybody's on the same page of for the most if, part. It's your you right to you do them, to but you shouldn't do them, right? right? Well, I would argue that it is quite the opposite with weed, where there's no there's no real big prominent group of people with with a voice loud enough at least who's saying hey it's not okay even medical professionals there's no medical professionals going hey it's not okay to if you want to smoke weed all day you can but we don't recommend it you know but there there's there's no faux pas at all well I and think i'm arguing the that there should oh. be well, I think there was in the past. I think there well, is yeah. no longer, only in very recent times. Well, I think, when it was criminalized, there was. But now that's being decriminalized, I just don't think you should be telling people. Or, don't get me wrong. Nobody's actually, there's no commercial saying be high all day by any means. But I'm just saying as a society, I think we're saying that that's okay. And I think that could be detrimental to us in the future. Interesting. Does that make sense? Am well, I, I understand right? the words. It's just two different beliefs that you're 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 advocating two different sides of the field at once here, uh, maybe which is I okay. Am. I'm just not used to people doing that. I'm used to people being very on one side. Well, it's just I I just believe. You know, I mean, and you know this about me. I just believe in balance. So it's like if you're going, I do think something should be decriminalized, but I don't think it should be ignored. I don't think it should be enabled either. <laughs> well, I mean, you're right. You are totally right, and everyone in their heart knows that you're right. But I just think it's very hard to argue and defend that position of weed should be legal, but we shouldn't tell people to smoke weed. Well, it's- I don't. I mean, I don't think we should have commercials telling people to drink alcohol either. But we do. I don't think you and should. And it's have, totally okay to. You're right. And I don't think you should have commercials saying that it's okay to eat f- fast food either. Now, you know but what they did take that away from is cigarettes. You don't have they did commercials take that from cigarettes. You're right. saying that cigarettes are okay. Mm-hmm. So do you think it should be that the legalization of marijuana, do you think it should be closer to how alcohol was legalized or closer to how cigarettes were illegalized which system do you think it should follow more i think i mean at, at its core i think it should follow more of alcohol's example which would be high marketing which would but if you could just take it away without the marketing though i think okay like in the case of alcohol right it's it's no it's nobody saying it's okay, like 
nobody's saying be an alcoholic, right? They're saying when you're out, drink responsibly, do that. Yeah, but only we, after showing you a commercial of the most interesting man in the world. Right. Or here's uh, a guy who can lift mountains. And that's, or here's the life of the party, drink responsibly. Right, you know what right. I mean? No, so no, they advocate that. that you're a cool kid if you drink. Right, and I get that. And they did I the just... same thing with cigarettes until mm-hmm. they told them you can't. Right. So I think you're more mirroring the the cigarette industry, the tobacco industry. Yeah, maybe. Allow but I, people to do it if they're really going to, but you have to tell them all about how this is going to fuck their life up. Well, and that's just it. And the, So that's why I was hesitant about going the cigarette route because I really hate the truth commercials. I think it's just stupid propaganda from the other side. And I do believe that that information needs to be out there. I think the truth commercials just go about it a very stupid way. But right. maybe have something about that with we. I mean, I th- would argue we need it with alcohol also, with anything that you're going to do. There are co- there are countries out there that legalize these drugs. I think Holland is another one. Oh, that the Netherlands. Is, has, yeah, has legalized all these drugs. And uh, well, that's that's um, Amsterdam, bro. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes, yeah, of course. So all the money, but all the money that they were putting into their war on drugs when they legalized it, they put their money into advertising what like what awareness. these drugs do awareness. to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awareness. Yeah. So they you'll they'll have billboards saying it does this, they'll have commercials, but they're not telling you don't do the drugs. They're just saying, by the way, just so you know, this is what this is. Well says. that's the, that's the tobacco industry. So, that's well how the tobacco industry does it. So what I think we need to do with weed is the same and also I would argue alcohol is have those same kind of awareness, you know, uh campaigns that go on just saying like hey just don't lie to people because we all remember what the old marijuana campaigns were you know this is sally she just melts in the couch now this is your brain this is your brain on drugs yeah those those. (laughs) with the egg in the pan the egg in the pan yeah so i don't think we need those but i do think that if you're going to decriminalize all the drugs you need to have uh then invest that money into awareness of drugs and say that even though you can do this from time to time, you know, especially the lesser ones like weed and alcohol, it's like, do keep in mind, this is what's in them. This is what it does. This is what it does to your brain and be weary about them. Whereas right it's now, so I think we just. Because you can't pick and choose. Man. Right. But it's... the reason why I brought up marijuana specifically is because I feel like a lot of it is glorified. And I think there's a lot of still information that points that like, hey, weed's good for a lot of reasons. But keep in mind, it also well, does think these that things. That also started with just trying to get it legalized. People had to get that stigma. Right, because we had to go through this fucking backdoor process. We we use selective information. We only use the studies that really helped uh, glamorize marijuana. Right. right? But there's plenty of studies, and from real-life experience, I can tell you, Mm -hmm. you smoke weed all day, you're going to sit on your ass and not get much accomplished. Yes. I don't care who says that they're better on weed. <laughs> they're wrong. I've I promise they're wrong. Total agree. Uh, you're a lazy fuck when you smoke weed. You yes. just are. Um, come at me, comments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to get roasted on oh, that one. Oh, people are going to love that one. <laughs> it's just true, though. It's... But again, like I said, I don't think that you should ever um, tell anyone what they can put in their body, man. Um, I don't think minors should have any kind of choice. I think if you're a minor, you just don't get rights to begin with. That's another day's conversation. But I think as an as an adult, 
uh, yeah, you should be able to eat whatever you want. If you want to lick detergent, you should be allowed to <laughs> lick detergent. That No one should tell you that you cannot do that. Did you know that, uh, a little off topic, but kind of on topic, did you know that they raised the uh, legal smoking age of cigarettes in Arizona? It's to 21 so now? You're the only one I've heard that from. You told me that last night or the night before? Well, I had, I had a coworker told me, and then I looked it up and saw it was true. It, it started January 1st of 2019. You've got to be 21 to smoke cigarettes you now. You have to huh? be 21 to smoke cigarettes. Cause the That's fucking crazy. Because the person who told me was 20, so they were like, I've been buying cigarettes for two and a half years, and then I tried to buy some, and they were like, sorry, you have to be 21 now. So she's like, I have to wait a year now before I can buy cigarettes again. Oh, that would be a bitch for the person who's been smoking since they were like 16. Yes. And then they're about to turn 18 and they're like, yes. Uh, and they're like, psych, three so, more years. So my mom, that happened to my mom when she was growing <laughs> up in New York. Because in New York, when my mom was growing up, and this was, I think, in the, the late 70s, and the legal age of drinking used to be uh, 18. Oh, this happened to my aunt, not my mom, but my mom watched it happen to my aunt. Okay. My, my mom. Thank you for clearing that up yeah. for us. Well, so my aunt, uh, she said that my aunt was like 17. And then right before she turned 18, they passed a law and said the drinking age is now 19. Uh -huh. So she turned 18, couldn't drink legally, had to wait. And then by the time she was about to turn 19, they raised it to 21. They're like, it's 21 now. Yeah. <laughs> so that exact thing happened to That's my amazing. <laughs> but yeah, do you really – like what's what's the – purpose I, I was, it to 21. So there must be subconscious communication in the world. That must Because I was literally, I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> I knew that was going to be the next thing you brought up. So literally, bro, it's just, it's for courtrooms, I think. Yeah. It's to keep things black and white. You have to have a number. You have to have a, a range so that you can punish people accordingly when they break the rules. Is, so, is literally what it is. So I wonder what's going to happen specifically in the military now. Because the military, smoking cigarettes is quite a big camaraderie type of thing, at least according to the friends I've had who have been in the military. I so, mean, your dad was in the military. My was dad like actually that? started smoking cigarettes in the military. He yeah. didn't smoke before that, but it wasn't for camaraderie. It was that, at least in his day, I don't know if they still do this, at lunchtime, mm -hmm. um, the smokers were allowed to go smoke a cigarette after their meal and then come back to right. do uh, training. But if you weren't a smoker, you had to clean up the dishes. They didn't uh, allow you to just go socialize. They said, well, So of course you're going to start smoking. So every fucking buddy starts smoking in boot camp because nobody wants to do that shit. Right. So camaraderie, my butthole. Yeah, well, it's, I, the, it's more about just getting a break. Well, I mean, basically what was just told to me was just that everybody in the military just smokes cigarettes. I think at so. least back in the day, I don't know if anymore, they uh, – the military rations, MREs, mm -hmm. which is like the the field lunch that you get, you right. know? Everyone knows what MRE is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, those used to come with cigarettes in them. You have two, <laughs> really? You, you'd get like two or three cigarettes in your MRE. Oh, see, so it's just a military thing. So, yeah. But I wonder how new recruits going into the Army and such are, like, I wonder how they're handling that. I mean... Bro, I mean, if you're talking about, like, going to war and shit, I think they're going to give you a cigarette. I don't think that... You're gonna have a hard time. I don't think so either. I just didn't think if maybe they were like maybe required because it is technically. Well, I mean, I, well, I, I don't mean, think wait, that I guess the just military depends. gives out cigarettes anymore. Well, not gives out cigarettes, but I, I guess I just answered my own question because I was just thinking to myself too. I go, well, it doesn't matter what state you're from. So if they go to a state, 
where it's you know it's still eighteen because I don't think that's federal. That's just Arizona. Oh yeah, it would probably just be whatever the federal one yeah. is then. So, what, yeah. Now what about the guard? What about the National Guard? Ooh, Ooh the now we're getting it. <laughs> a story for another day. Join folks. us next time to learn about the National Guard and smoking cigarettes. <laughs> we're, we're not going to be talking about that next time. Don't Absolutely worry. not. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we have reached our time for the day. That was uh, that that hour went by really quick today. Yeah, I feel like we didn't even. Uh... We didn't cross off a single topic off the list today. Nope. We just. This was all just off the the fly, guys. This is one of those where I just forgot the microphone was even in front of me. Those are the best ones. They really are. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate any listeners we have. Uh, Remember, you can check us out on all the social media platforms. Make sure you like our Facebook page. Just search Hardly Millennial on any social media platform. You will find us. Um, remember, we also still have a GoFundMe going for about another, I think, like 13, 14 days now. So you can go to there and donate some money, uh, www.gofundme.com forward slash Hardly Millennial. Any donation is appreciated. Remember, none of the money goes to Matter Eye. It all goes back into Hardly Millennial. Any last words, Matt? Uh, thank you so much, guys, for listening and sticking with us. Uh, me and Adam are having a blast making these, and we don't plan to stop. Mm-hmm. So... If you'll listen, we'll keep making them, guys. Hell yes, we will. We appreciate you. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a lovely day. Bye.